Welcome to Airwaves, the official podcast of the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Prue, and today we're on the Airwaves to continue our discussion on operations security and why good OPSEC is critical in the workplace. Joining us is Matt Crombie, NOC AD Security Operations Division Head, and Mike Fiorella, a security threat specialist with NOC AD. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us again. Happy to be back, Michael Lauren. <laughs> Pleasure. All right, so let's review. What is OPSEC and why is it so important in the workplace? Really, OPSEC is covering the gray area in security. It's, it's going to capture everything. It's going to capture all the stuff from our day-to-day, uh, what we do as individuals and what we're doing as an organization, um, and, and make sure that we are paying attention to that because we know that the adversary is. Yeah, so I don't like operating off doom and gloom, but uh, one of my favorite examples is Al-Qaeda. We all know Al-Qaeda. It's a terrorist organization. And they're formed mostly of uneducated radicals who've said, and I'm paraphrasing here, uh, without illegal means, it's possible to glean at least 80% of the enemy's intentions to publicly post sources. To be blunt with you, that's frightening. I mean, these are generally low-tech, uneducated, non-nation state force that have figured out by aggregating open source information, you can learn almost everything you need to know about your adversaries' intentions, capabilities, their gaps. And this is an uneducated force. You have to imagine the capabilities of our other nation-state actors are just leaps and bounds beyond that. We've all heard the phrase, OPSEC is everyone's responsibility, but what does that really mean? So without overcomplicating it, it literally means that. It's everyone's responsibility. Everyone on base at some point is privy to some sort of sensitive information, whether it be from a test plan or even PII. Now it's imperative everyone takes necessary steps to safeguard information in order to protect not only our coworkers, your program, the fleet, but down the road, the warfighter themselves. Yeah, to piggyback off of you, Mike, really it's, uh, it's just about taking personal responsibility for the information that you work with. You know, we've all been uh, pretty lucky to, to get into these positions here that, that, that mean something for the country and that mean something for our military that are, that are fighting. And we get these security clearances. And with that comes, you know, a heavy burden of responsibility. So it really is everyone's responsibility to practice good OPSEC in whatever it is that they're doing. You know, and, and I know we're focusing on the workplace, but we touched on it briefly on the last podcast. It, it can affect your, your personal life as well to keep you protected from, you know, just the nasty world out there. I like that you mentioned the burden of responsibility. That's obviously not something to take lightly, yet we're all busy, we're all in a hurry, we've all got a lot on our minds. And I think there are times where we might have failed to implement perfect OPSEC. For example, leaving your cat guard in your computer for a quick trip to the bathroom. It seems harmless, but we all know it's not. So why is this an issue? Yeah, it's a great question, and I'm actually really glad you asked it. It's something um, we answer a lot. It comes down to really two things, your need to know and your access. Just because I may be working near someone or sharing a cube with them or you know have a buddy nearby doesn't mean we're working on the same projects. My need to know might be different and probably is different from my coworkers' need to know. And it's really just an important step to safeguard and compartmentalize information. The reality is espionage comes in tons of different forms and the insider threat is a real component of that threat. Think of it as our building access. There's a different variety of security protocols for access. If you don't have the right access, you don't get in. It's the same layer of security, just in another form. No one else should have access to your building. No one else should have access to your computer. 
Yeah, Mike, you really hit it on the head with the whole need to know aspect of this. You know, very often we go out and we speak with different folks within the organization and, and they only understand the need to know in terms of classified information. And they don't think about it being applied to all the rest of the stuff they do on the unclassified side, which again, can you know turn into a compilation issue further down the road if you're not paying attention to all those individual pieces. So really it, it, is, it does come down to the need to know and who has access to that information. So from what I've heard, another area of concern is the trash. It's good to be clean, great to recycle, but in terms of OPSEC, we really need to be careful with what we throw out. Yeah, absolutely. So before you take your document and place it in the trash, the very first thing you should do is consider to not print it. I know that's kind of a tchotchke answer, but I mean, really, if you think about it, the best way to go green is to not produce the waste. The cost savings on ink and paper alone, as well as our reduced carbon footprint on the base would be completely astronomical. If you live in a digital age, before you print something, please ask yourself, do I really need a physical copy of this? Or does all 15 people in this meeting have to have a physical copy of these slides versus seeing them up on the screen or maybe sending them out afterwards or beforehand? They probably don't. Really, the reality is when we recycle something, we lose complete control of it. When it's picked up and it leaves our facility, it's gone. We don't know what happened to it which exposes it to data aggregation like we kind of were previously talking about. If you absolutely have to print something, shred it, burn it. Yeah, I've done walkthroughs of spaces um, you know, long before it was uh, much more commonplace, I think in the last year or so, to have these, these shred bins and there's uh, one company in particular that's coming on it and picking all this stuff up. But I've done walkthroughs of a lot of these spaces and, and people are printing pretty much everything out and then they just throw it away in the trash can or even in the recycle bin that's just open, that doesn't have a, a lid on it, et cetera. And you're finding all kinds of documents there that are, that are marked with FOUO. And that, I mean, that stuff's not supposed to leave the installation. That stuff's not supposed to leave the proper control due to that need to own access that we discussed in the previous question. So it, it is really important that you're paying attention to what you're printing. And then if you print something, go get it off the printer. Don't just leave it sitting there either. You know, you don't know who else is walking around in those buildings. I mean, there's 25,000 people on this installation, over 400 something buildings. And a lot of them have people walking around. So you don't know what's going on. Just to kind of adjust the mindset that we talked about a little bit more, I feel like people during this conversation might be thinking proprietary information, technical documents, sensitive information. It's not just that. You know, your PII information, your travel itineraries, your resumes, uh, all the stuff, uh, the quote unquote HR type stuff. No, that's not uh, you know, classified sensitive information, but that's still sensitive information. I'd be pretty upset if someone opened a credit card in my name based off a of paper they found in the recycling bin. And as the saying goes, one person's trash is another's treasure. So in addition to going digital and having an increased awareness of our personal workspace, what else can we do to incorporate OPSEC to protect our organization? Yeah, that's a real good question too. So, you know, we keep mentioning that OPSEC kind of covers the gray area in security, but it really does piggyback and tie into the other traditional security disciplines, you know, physical security, information security, you know, and, and how we as an organization are trying to come at security from a holistic approach. So there's very simple things like encrypting your emails, you know, doing end of day checks in the space that you have, you know, making sure that things aren't left on the printer and the stuff's not laying out on someone's desk, you know, even if it's just PAI. Those things are an issue too. You know, that becomes an HR problem, not just a, not just a security problem. So switching gears a bit, another term that we've all heard when talking about OPSEC is insider threat. What is that? Yeah, great question. So technically speaking, an insider threat is when someone close to or in an organization with authorized access misuses their access to negatively impact an organization's critical information or systems. 
I don't expect you to remember that. In plain speak, an insider threat really is a person who you work with who inappropriately accesses information. Now this could be anyone from a high ranking official, the biggest head honcho in your office, all the way down to the brand new, just started last Tuesday employee or a contractor, for example. Additionally, there are several different types of insider threats, such as criminal activity, like theft or fraud, safety, such as active shooter incidents, which we're all familiar with, or the disclosure of classified information or unclassified information. That's that type of information we were talking about earlier, which is commonly exploited for data aggregation. That threat could either be recruited by a foreign entity through exploitable weaknesses, such as uh, financial issues. Uh, they could be volunteered by motivators such as greed, disgruntlement, ideological reasons, or they could be completely unwitting, where they're completely unaware of that spillage, which is why we're very keen on stomping our foot on the ground and screaming from the rooftops, please don't talk about work outside of work. Yeah, so Mike, speaking of you know insider threats, there's also a, a slogan that we very commonly associate with it, which is see something, say something. Because obviously, you know, we're working with other employees all day long, our, our cube mates and, and other folks on programs. And it's really up to us that potentially might see something we consider an indicator of that somebody is engaging in nefarious activity, maybe on purpose or, or maybe by accident. Mike, you mentioned a variety of insider threats. When it comes to, quote, see something, say something, what should we look for in terms of indicators? Yeah, so some typical indicators, and keep in mind these are not all inclusive, but some typical indicators of insider threats are things like disgruntled employees or removing assets outside of the work area without authorization. Maybe discussing information that in public or seeking access to information outside of their duty requirements, you know, that need to know. There's also things like unreported foreign travel, sudden affluence, or maybe suspicious foreign contacts. It's important, I, I want people to understand that we all go through emotions and you know, sometimes you're having a bad day you know, a week or so at work. Uh, just because you're having a bad day doesn't mean you're going to get your security clearance revoked or you know, you're going to pull it into security and have a big interview it's going to be a big thing. We get that. What we're looking at is the totality of the person and all the circumstances that come into play before we make some kind of assessment. Yeah, exactly, Mike. Great points. And I want to make, make it very clear that it's about abnormal behavior. You know, I don't want everybody running around thinking that, uh, you know, they're, they're looking for a spy in the bushes or that uh, someone's going to become the next active shooter because they're, they're not talking to people. Maybe that person's not talkative. You know, it's really about that abnormal behavior. We're in Southern Maryland, for example, right? And there's a lot of people that hunt and they're prior military. So overhearing many folks talk about guns is normal and generally within context of those water cooler conversations on a Monday morning. But let's say, you know, a guy named Jim, former accountant who grew up in an extremely anti-gun community and family and has, you know, talked openly about that. And he sits in the cube next to you and maybe he just went through a divorce. He was negatively counseled repeatedly at work for some pretty bad performance issues. And now he's asking strange questions about caliber and magazine capacity for popular rifles. You know, that's abnormal for Jim. That's the portion that we say, if you see something, say something. There's something about abnormality here. And that should raise eyebrows. So what should we do if we notice a coworker exhibiting some of these behaviors? Yeah, like we said before, we don't want you to act as some 007 super secret agent. It's not your job, you're not required to, and you are not encouraged to collect any evidence at all. This really goes back to what Matt was saying with, if you see something, say something. If you see that pattern of behavior that's abnormal for that person and it's making you nervous, your job is done after you've reported it to your supervisor, human resources, or CSM. If you feel there's an immediate threat, by all means call the base police or get NCIS involved. Someone will probably have some follow-up questions, but that's it. 
It's not your job to investigate and we don't want you to investigate. Let the people who do this for a living take charge. That's good advice. So on to our last workplace OPSEC subject for today, hosting foreign nationals in the workplace. We have a lot of foreign partners, which benefits the organization. But how should we behave when hosting them? And what should we do to maintain good OPSEC? Yeah, Michael Lauren, I'm really glad you asked that question because you're right. We do have a lot of foreign nationals on this installation. You know, we have them from uh, from the construction crews that come on to foreign military sales, and uh, also some some partnerships from uh, some foreign commercial entities that we we buy the best products from, and that's that's fantastic and that's absolutely great. But that also means that we are leaving ourselves somewhat vulnerable. You know, because all these folks are are here that are not U.S. citizens. So what do we do when you're hosting a foreign national in the workplace? You know, a lot of it's pretty simple what I would consider to be, and hopefully you as a listener would consider to be too, common sense. You know, follow the security protocol measures that we have in place, and, and we know they're not foolproof, so be vigilant when you have those folks here. You know, be familiar with any of the policies that you guys have locally written for, for security in your buildings in particular, or at a test site. No photography, recording in the workplace, uh, restricted areas, and really ensure there's no electronics or cell phones in secure areas in classified meetings. And we see that one a lot. People have their cell phones glued to their hips, and they just walk in somewhere and not realize, oh, I'm not supposed to have this here. And really, it's kind of a big deal because today's technology means that those phones can actually be turned on to be a microphone, even if you didn't know that. You know, probably storing a lot of our information. You don't leave stuff out on the desk. And again, it's not about that classified information. It's about the data aggregation and the compilation of the unclassified that we're really ultimately discussing here. So make sure it's put away. Put it in a drawer or lock it up in a cabinet, even if it's not classified. And really, make sure you're talking to the, the foreign nationals that you're hosting and let them know that they're supposed to go to a specific building and, or buildings and areas, and they really are supposed to stay to those areas. You know, we have a lot of folks like Naval Test Pilot School, and, and they can come on and use recreation areas, and their families can come on, and, and we're excited that they're here, and, and absolutely they can. But at the same time, let's, let's you know, make sure they realize that there's a lot of other things going on that they don't need to be privy to. So just as their sponsor, you do hold some responsibility for them, and we ask that you guys pay attention to that. Yeah, so I've got a big rule of three, and it's real simple. Be polite, be professional, and know what you can and cannot talk about. That's really it. If you're unsure, there's absolutely nothing wrong with politely saying, hey, let me check on that and get back to you, or I don't know and change the subject. Not every question is a form of elicitation, but then again, it might be. If you know your critical information, you know it to protect. Sounds like a plan. Well, thank you both for joining us again to talk OPSEC. We covered lots of really important topics today. And that's it for this edition of Airwaves. Thanks for listening.